1: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, November 6th, 2020. Hope everyone is doing well out there and uh, not scratching their heads too hard or too firmly with uh, everything that's going on with the uh, presidential election. Crazy times indeed. If anyone thought uh, it was going to be a bright spot, regardless of who you voted for uh, in 2020, you know, uh, it, it really lived up to how the rest of the year has been, this uh, this crazy election we're in. Uh, Bill Barnes and I had a fun episode on Tuesday evening that we posted on Wednesday, kind of looking at the election and everything. And, you know, pretty late at night, Tuesday night, it looked like Trump was in the lead in uh, a few states, pretty significantly, and for some reason they stopped counting. They stopped counting votes, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, ballots showed up. And wouldn't you know it? Nearly 100% of them were for Joe Biden. So I don't know exactly what that means or, uh, you know, nothing is confirmed or anything. I do find that quite odd. But as soon as those ballots showed up, all right, now let's get back to counting. Uh, So I thought the timing was off. Again, I am all about uh, calling out inconsistencies, hypocrisies. I I don't like them. It drives me absolutely up the wall. Uh, Case in point, you know, for months here, we have heard from our beloved media about all of the peaceful protests, all of the, uh, you know, mostly peaceful protests that are out there, boarding up windows just uh, for, pro- to, you know, in, in advance of protests, 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 protests. Of course, when it's left wing, uh, mob, left wing extremists or whatever, and, and going out and people who burning and looting, you can't call it rioting or looting. You can't you can't do that. that that's that's not OK. You got you got to you got to be more uh, diplomatic. However, when conservative groups of people gather, when they gather outside of uh, polling places or precincts or whatever they're called, and they're, they're uh, wave American flags and are chanting, uh, hey, count, count the votes, count the legal vote, or whatever the case is, what are they called by the media? They're, not, they're a mob. Conservatives are always labeled as a mob. You guys ever notice that? The conservative, uh, the right-wing mob outside. Oh yeah, the mob that is burning and destroying. Thi- oh, oh, they're they're not doing any of those things. Oh man, oh, I apologize. Again, I don't care what you stand on these things, but please look at the hypocrisy. Peaceful protesters rioting and burning things. Angry mob outside, really not doing anything. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't flow, guys. I'm telling you, uh, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And and the reason I got kind of thinking about that. Uh, Or what also made me think about some other things regarding that is uh, you you ever look at like – like think of movies, for instance, television shows. I swear in every single television show, every single movie I've seen in the past – well, well, not every single one, but but the ones I've seen where this has come up. You ever notice that like conservative people in shows, you know, Republican – call them Republicans. They are like looked down upon in television shows or in movies, it, 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 it's always the case. Uh, maybe there's a handful of movies where someone is portrayed in a positive light. But Hollywood and, and uh, television has really made this push, really, to make uh, the conservative values look foreign, to look extreme. And then at every other show that's out there, you happen to see all kinds of liberal agenda just thrown in your face all the time. All the time. And uh, one of my favorite uh, sh- radio shows, a uh, podcast to listen to is Larry Elder. And he was kind of talking about this. So kind of got me thinking. But, but yeah, he's right. There, there's a lot of uh, portrayal in, in shows and television. Probably the past 20 years or even longer where ooh, conservative, bad, crazy, wild Republicans, old fashioned. They don't know how to evolve. And meanwhile, every, all these liberal values are sh- constantly celebrated. It just an observation. OK, if you are liberal, I, I, I don't I think you could agree with that sentiment. I mean, really think about it. Uh, think about it. Uh, you know, that's why I like like the television show The Ranch, which, which was on Netflix of all places. Uh, it was a conservative based family, even though at times the show kind of made fun of that. But but that's all in good fun. That's fine. But uh, Larry Elder of the uh, radio show host uh, was talking or he played the clip from the 1940s. And if you haven't seen it, it's with Bob Hope. Bob Hope? Yeah, it's Bob Hope in a uh, in a uh, movie of some kind. And they're talking about zombies. Zombies, people who follow blindly and, and just don't know what they do or can't think for themselves. And Bob Hope's famous line is, oh, you mean like Democrats? And ha-ha, if you think that line is funny or you don't think it's funny, you got to admit that if that were said today, that line – of thinking today it would obviously be the other way in in movies and television oh you mean like Republicans that's obviously how it would be now I'm not saying there was a bunch of Democrat bashing way back then and and uh, you know this is the time to rise up I'm not saying any of that I'm just saying it's interesting how it's evolved over time it's very very interesting and uh, I just constantly see in movies and television, uh, kind of conservative, like painted as this, this evil thing, this evil person. So anyway, those are my two cents with that. Uh, the election, I don't know what to make of it, guys. I mean, uh, ballots are showing up here. Ballots are showing up there. I got to say this one thing. I don't care who you vote vote for. I've said that a million times. You guys know who I voted for, who I want to win the election. If this is not a crystal clear uh, moment that we should not have mail-in ba- ballots, then I don't know what to tell you. you. You don't seem to have anything between your ears. You cannot have mail-in voting, and I'll take it a step further. You can't have voting without identification. Why that is not a thing is beyond me. You need identification to uh, to, to rent a home, to purchase a car, to buy alcohol. But you don't need identification to prove who you are to vote. Someone help me out on that. Even if you don't have a driver's license, you need some form of identification. There needs to be some type of system where your name, your person, yourself, is counted only one time. I'll take it even a step further, further. I think it should be a thumbprint involved. Thumbprints shouldn't be able to be manipulated. And if you're in the DMV system, right, if you're in the, if you do have a driver's license, I believe you do a thumbprint anyway. So that's already in the system. So I think you should walk up, have to put your thumbprint, maybe show your ID. Okay, you're good. Click here, Mr. Hersma. I I, I don't think that's very extreme. You can't, you can't continue, excuse me. You can't continue to leave yourself open for manipulation, for fraud. You can't have that. The whole concept of voting is that you have a voice. One voice, one vote. Everyone gets to participate. Not participate twice. Not participate after you die. You get to vote. One person, one time. I don't understand why this is so difficult. Whoever the next president is needs to sort this out. Because this is unacceptable. I've seen all the memes, all the you know, all oh, the American Idol. They can do votes here. They could, do, yeah. I know people can vote twice in those things, and it's all through your phone and this and that. All right, this is a little more important stuff here with the presidential election. But in the 1950s and the 1960s, we could count up votes, and we can't do it in 2020. And I know, I know there was some voter fraud back in the day. Look up the John Ken- John F. Kennedy election. Anybody who's interested in uh, mafia history, kind of kind of knows about that one very tight race i I, i'd like to hope that we're beyond those days but i don't understand what, what would be so difficult about here's your id here's your thumbprint what tell me how that's wrong somebody well that's that's extreme man i mean we don't that's that sounds like a dictatorship. Yeah, dictat Yeah, really, a dictatorship of voting. Yeah, yeah, it does sound awful. Uh, anyway, uh, you guys are acting like Stalin is standing out there with a gun at your head, telling you who to vote for. Which might have happened in some cases at some of these precincts, is from what I'm hearing. Anyway, um, yeah, thumbprint ID. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here, and how magically votes up show up while people are sleeping. It sounds like. I don't care who you vote for. Again, come on, this this has to sound a little uh, suspicious to you. And so we're going to see what happens here in the next few days. People say uh, there'll be a winner by Friday. So maybe when you guys are listening to this, there will have already been a victor. Uh, but even then, I think this thing will go well into Christmas, into December. I I, I just, I can't see it. They're not being a fight. And unfortunately, it's it looks like we're going to end this year of 2020 uh, with, with uh, instead of having some positive vibes, positive thoughts. It's just going to be absolutely ugly going into a new year and uh, just some crazy stuff ahead. Uh, Just to to my final thoughts on voting, you know, I moved to Riverside County uh, a year or two ago. I I am now in another county, new address, everything. Um, I re-registered, I I got registered to vote in Riverside County, but you know what, guys? Guess what? I got two mail-in ballots. I got one sent to my dad's address, which is LA County, and one sent to my current address, Riverside County. That goes to show you how simple it would be to vote illegally, to put in multiple ballots. If enough people did it, there could be some real problems. So there, you can't just hope pe- – Unfortunately, you can't just hope people are going to do the right thing anymore. I'm I'm sad to admit that, but you, you just can't anymore. Some people play by the rules, have integrity, have – um They know right versus wrong. I'm not talking about gray area situations in life. I'm talking about truth. Is the sky blue? Yes. Well, someday, you know, uh, no. It's like, unfortunately, doing the right thing is not obvious anymore. And that's probably the most disappointing thing in 2020. So I did not send in two ballots. I destroyed one. Well, I destroyed them both, actually. But uh, I went and voted in person in Riverside. I don't think we should have early voting forever, but I do think it would be good to have a few days to vote. Um, but by the end of election night, no matter what time it is, there should be a winner. There shouldn't be. Oh, let's wait on some more ballots that are coming in with through mail. You're just leaving your. You know, let's let's wait for that LA County ballot from Adhurst to get in there. No, 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 no. It's too easy to cheat. And if and look, as a referee, as a former umpire, if you provide opportunities for people to cheat to bend the rules, they're going to do it. I've seen it for years. Heck, I did it as a player in my illustrious high school uh, athletic career. I bent the rules all the time. I pushed the limits of uh, competition all the time. So whenever new rules came out as an official, every year new rules come out, right? In baseball, it doesn't matter the sport. And the coaches write the rules, which is hilarious. Uh, but but coaches suggest or, or put in new rules into play. And every year we'd see a rule and be like, uh, you really want to do this? You really want to do this? Bad things are going to come about from this. And, and that's how I felt when I heard about all these mail-in ballots uh, months ago. I was like, really? Really? That's, you think this is a good idea? It's going to be real tough to uh, to enforce. But anyway, those are just some thoughts today, guys. Let me tell you about uh, our guest. Uh, it will be Sam Hersima. He's been on this program before. But what we're going to talk about with my brother today is working. Job history, uh, much like, uh, the years, the, uh, hopefully a lot is changing here. I think more and more people are going to be going back to work today, not today, soon and kind of just starting off new careers or new, you know, jobs and just, just a different path. So I thought it was, it would be interesting for you to hear from Sammy. He, he's here every couple of months on this podcast my, uh, my good old brother. So uh, this time we, we talked right before Halloween uh, evening, right before Halloween party. So we, uh, we discussed his job history, my job history, our career paths, and just how things can change over time. Y- you end up not necessarily where you thought you would, uh, but you always end up kind of where you, where you're supposed to type of a thing and how, you know, going to college versus not going to college. We talk about our parents and their job uh, history and everything. So I thought it was really a uh, good relative uh, discussion as far as today's, uh, you know, climate with everything and how a lot of people were out of work and and looking to go back to work. So that's what we're doing with Sam today. Of course, we're going to have a very quick suds with studs segment before the interview. Uh, But it's a fun conversation with Sam. It's less than an hour. So we're not taking too much of your time today on Friday, because there are uh, a lot more important things to to research and look up today. But let's have a quick suds with studs segment. And then we'll get right into our Interview with Sam Hersema regarding jobs, work, and uh, overall career plans. Well, guys, on Fridays we have been doing a segment called Suds with Studs" to honor uh, someone who has displayed tremendous heroism, courage, just uh, magnificent valor. Uh, however, you want to phrase it, we've talked about a lot of law enforcement, a lot of people in the military. We've discussed some firefighters, um, some civilians, some just some incredible moments. It could have been a situation where it was kind of for years of service, or it could have been a a very distinct moment in time. Uh, And a lot of these people ended up giving their lives uh, for other people. So we like to talk about them briefly on Fridays, just for a few minutes to give you guys somebody to look up and do some research on yourself, because ultimately I can't do the justice really that they are deserved. They're deserving of to uh, have people know about them and know the details. So I encourage you guys as I do every week to Please look up this person's name, read about them, take five minutes out of your day to learn a little bit more about the heroes that we talk about on our Friday segment, Suds with Studs. And we call it Suds with Studs, as you know, Because these are people we would absolutely love to have a beer with. And I can promise you guys that I would not just be buying the first round, but all the rounds. So uh, a little corny, but that's what we have here on our podcast. And I'm very proud that we do this every single week. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to be talking about a United States Marine, Lance Corporal Corey Staten. Uh, Staten was awarded the Navy and Marine C- Cross, uh, excuse me, the Navy and Marine Corps Medal, uh, the highest honor for non combat bravery, in a ceremony uh, back in October in Baltimore. Um, unfortunately, the story goes with uh, Lance Corporal uh, Staten that it was back in July 4th, of 2018, when Staten and four other Marines. Uh, decided to go swimming at Fort Leonard Wood Military Post in Missouri, where they were training. Um, The the medal citation uh, that uh, Staten's family received uh, noted that, quote, without hesitation or regard for his own personal safety, Staten jumped into the river when he saw one of the other Marines struggling, end of quote. Uh, Unfortunately, the current pulled Mr. Staten under and um, he never resurfaced. The Marine, however, that he went in to save did not drown. So Lance Corporal Staten um, saved someone else's life and gave his own. We've talked about that before with some of our different people we've discussed on this podcast in this segment. Um, I don't even know. I can't put it into words, which is why I want you guys to look up uh, these people and to to learn about them because I just can't imagine – Uh, whether in the military or not and seeing somebody drowning struggling and you run in there to save them and you save them but you end up unfortunately dying I mean it's so powerful and in this this day and age where there's all this all this tension we're so combatant with each other you know strangers that we we talk about on the internet, uh, on Facebook and, and Twitter, and we go after each other. And it's so ugly. You hear moments like this, and you're like, you know what? That's where we should be. That's where all of us should be. I, I wish I could tell you right now that I could in that situation, uh, do what Mr. Staten did. I've said that before. I'd like to think I could, but I don't know. Th- there might be some fear. But I think most of us there sitting here, if, if we had to be put in that situation, especially with a loved one or any stranger for that matter, I, I think most of us would, would run in there, would dive into that water. But it's a scary thought knowing that you could potentially die, maybe not even save the person and both of you die. So th- those are always tough decisions. And um, it, it sounds like uh, from what I read about Mr. Staten that, You know, he was always a happy person as a kid growing up, played sports and uh, wanted to go into the Marines and to to join the Marine Corps. And, uh, you know, it was a non-combat situation. But uh, I think Mr. Staten, it goes without saying, is a is it a hero, an absolute hero um, to save a life like he did? Just incredible stuff. And please, guys, go look up some information uh, about Mr. Staten. His father uh, was quoted. Uh, Walter Dukes as saying, uh, let's see here, quote, I'm so proud of him because he just acted unconsciously and he he went he just went in and his main concern was to save that person's life because how many people are willing to do that, to sacrifice themselves for someone else's life, end of quote. So I, I couldn't have said it better myself, Mr. Dukes, and um, guys, I, I just, I saw this story last week and I know it's very recent where this medal was awarded and everything, Um, in in October but this did occur two years ago Uh, I didn't hear a whole bunch about it um, over the uh, news and everything um, but it might have been out there and I just wasn't paying attention but anyway to, uh, to Lance Corporal Corey Staten who was awarded the Navy and Marine Corps medal, the highest honor for non-combat bravery. I salute you, sir. You are someone I would absolutely love to sit down and have a beer with. And I can promise you, uh, I would not just be buying the first round, but every single round. And I think a lot of people can learn about, uh, can learn a thing or two about how to, how to act, how to give to others uh, in, in hearing your story, sir. So I salute you, Mr. Corey Staton. Uh, God bless you. God bless your family. And uh, as well as all the other Marines out there in the UN, United States military, as we are going to continue to have these very brief segments every single Friday, uh, just to talk about some true heroes, true patriots every single Friday in our segment, Suds with Studs. Okay. I'm joined once again by my one and only brother, Sam Hirsima. He's here to uh, talk a little bit about working, about jobs, about employment. Uh, Him and I were chatting the other day about kind of life, how life, uh, your journey takes you a different path and working and everything. So we thought we'd kind of focus this discussion on simply jobs, work history, kind of things looking forward. So Sam, thanks for being here. Welcome back. And you know what? It's a good thing I don't pay you for all your appearances. Yeah, you're
0: welcome. <laughs> it's, I'm only doing this because you give me free
1: beer. That's right. Um, that's right. And and it's not just any beer. Uh, today is Halloween. We're recording and trying to get an episode in here that we'll save for later because uh, the time frame doesn't really matter. But we got some Oktoberfest here. Sam Adams, in honor of you, you're my Second favorite Sam, I'll say. Samuel Adams is probably my first favorite Sam. I don't know. I could say that too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sam, let's chat a little bit about working. You know, with me, I just started a a new job at FedEx. It's honestly, if I got to be honest, it's like my first regular job, I guess is the way to say it. Uh, We're going to chat about journey and kind of where you started, where you've ended up, and, and same thing for me. I've had a bunch of part-time jobs basically throughout my entire life. Now I have a singular one job. I do some Uber also uh, to and from work, but uh, it's it's odd for me. It's new for me. Uh, it's not new for you. Uh, when you graduated high school, what was your first job?
0: Oh, man. <clears throat> uh, actually, first job was UPS. Oh, that sums it up. We should be enemies then. Yeah, I was union. I went the right way. <laughs> I didn't stick with it, unfortunately, because of school. But you know what? Man, I've never said congratulations, making it to 35 and never having an actual real job. <sighs> I held out about as long as I could. Well, must have been nice. As I took about, let's see. About a year to actually establish myself into a full-time job and I was a temp and that was fun but
1: so so tell me about UPS what why what made you go there what was it like like your hours and everything was it just like oh I'll give this a shot tell me about your experience right out of high school
0: so I heard good things about UPS and uh, so dad dad worked in a union and then UPS is also a union so I kind of I was kind of interested in it because of that but in all honesty, like, you know, the, you get the job flyer, you get the email, you get the, the recruiter talking to you about your, what your hours are going to be at UPS. <laughs> and it's all bullshit. It's they, I believe everything's, I believe everything I was told was you're going to work 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. at night, Monday hmm. through Friday. It's going to be, you know, three to five hours a day earliest you'll get off is 8 latest you'll get off is 10 well come come about 3 weeks after that i'm starting at 5 and getting off at about 3 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> not to mention i was in school at the time so <laughs> i had to go home sleep for an hour and then go to be at school by 7 a.m. wow and wow. so i at at that time, dad was kind of helping me out with school, so I we made the decision that I was going to continue to go to school, and I would just, after about six months of UPS sleeping three, two to three hours a day, I was like, I'm done with this. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you guys hear that? UPS lies. They are liars, guys. Go with FedEx. FedEx is a better company.
0: Yeah, FedEx is a better company if you're shipping next day, second day. <laughs> um you're gonna go ground, go UPS. P- for price.
1: Yeah, yeah, price for sure. Um well well Sam, it's interesting. Like when I got out of high school, I was in RHLA at, at Carries League and Rio Honda Prep volunteering probably more hours. Well, yes, it was more hours than I was actually working for money. So I had to do a bunch of things. I was a janitor at the time, which I know you can appreciate. I was uh, doing janitor work like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I was also going uh, and working at this office, Minuteman Transport, helping out in the office, doing odd jobs. A big thank you to uh, Mr. Peter Amundsen and and Alice Lowe for those opportunities. I was there for three or four years. Um, And it was basically something that enabled me to be able to volunteer and and work so much time at Rio, coaching kids and everything. So for me, that's kind of where my part-time working started. Outside of janitor work and working at Minuteman, I wasn't making a whole lot of money. I mean, barely any money. At the time, you don't need a whole lot of money. Uh, But what was it like for you? How long were you at UPS? And and did you realize at some point, all right, I can't do this anymore for the price, for the money I'm making?
0: And it, I want to say it was about six months. Um, I did, I do, I believe I still qualify for rehire because if you leave, you leave before the three month mark um that's like your probation then you can't you can never be hired again but I believe I passed that I I don't remember all I all I told all I told dad was I need to either give up school or this job because (laughs) and find
1: something different because it was just you can't function like that no no that's that's too difficult that's too many late hours that's not enough hours of sleep and anyone who's gone to college can definitely appreciate that, except for the kind of the spoiled brats that just go to school and uh you know they don't work or anything. I think working is part of your adulthood right after high school. you gotta you gotta earn some type of income, I think right away. you can't just sit around, right?
0: yeah, no way um that would never that would never have been allowed <laughs> in our house. It was any bill we had we had to pay, and dad, you know he dad mom and dad both they were gracious enough to like you know let us live there without paying rent. Which, when I grow up, I'm I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, you're giving me money once you're an adult, but I don't know. It was a. It's. I believe in working. Mm-hmm. I've always believed in working, and you know, I. If you don't have a job,
1: find a job. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our parents. Um, very different personalities. We know that, but very different. Career paths. Mom worked for Bank of America for a very long time, was a vice president, uh, rose to the the highest ranks and everything. Dad went to college. Mom did not go to college. Dad went to college, majored in Spanish, Mm -hmm. uh, speaks great Spanish right uh, now, even to this day, which surprises a lot of people. Uh, I don't, I think he was going to go into teaching maybe, or he could have worked in a lot of places with, with Spanish. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A teacher. Dad is
1: a teacher is a scary thought. Uh, but anyway, he's, he got a Spanish degree and then a few years go by and he, or maybe it was immediately, he goes into the electrical trade, which his, his uncles were in and said, Hey, come, come learn this trade and this craft. And dad became an electrician and he did that for however many years it was. And he got a, he got a degree in Spanish and he was an electrician now. There was a lot of days, especially living here in Southern California, that he used Spanish. So from that point, he used what he learned in college. But my point of all this is that mom was a white-collar, right? Right? White-collar job, uh, working at Bank of America. Dad is more blue-collar. And one is not right or one is not wrong. That's just who they were, very different. And it's interesting that dad went to college and— yeah became a blue collar worker, mom did not go to college and became, you know, this vice president. So it's, it's very ironic. And the reason I bring it up is because it's the same as you and me to this day. We'll fill in the blanks here, but currently, you know, this is no knock or anything. This is bragging. None of that. You know, I went to college and I struggled and and graduated and struggled finding, you know, I, I tip, dip my toe in, in a few different ponds and everything, but ultimately now I'm working at FedEx driving trucks slinging boxes. You did not go to college or at least did not get your degree yet. Here we are in 2020 and you're the one working in corporate in Newport beach. So it's just very ironic to me how life can go sometimes. Don't you find it funny that you and I are in a similar situation that mom and dad were?
0: Yeah. I have actually never thought of it that way. It's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, like, I don't know, man, like you were, a, uh, and this is also not a knock on you because you you uh you did what most people dream of doing Mm -hmm. you know you didn't you know you didn't and it didn't work out in the end with the umpiring and everything but you got to spend your entire 20s traveling Mm -hmm. for the most part you were you know you were rainbow chasing a little bit (laughs) but you know i'm i'm the type of person like when you were a kid what did you want to be um a cowboy (laughs) does that pay well (laughs) (laughs) not here No, and I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. That didn't work out because I hurt my knee. You know, I should have gone. You still can, Sam. (laughs) But you know, I'm the type of person is like everyone wants to say, "No, go shoot, shoot for the stars," and you know, get you know, fulfill your dreams. I mean, your dreams—probably 95% of your dreams when it comes to your job are not going to happen. You're gonna find a job that you enjoy, or you don't enjoy. Well, you know what? Guess what? They pay you, so work. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely. I, I think that brings up a great point because it is so huge to have goals. You have to have goals in life, okay? And you got to have dreams also. Some dreams are unrealistic. Some dreams are actually achieved. I would say for most people, you fall a little short if we're all honest with each other. Um, and But I, I think it's good to take your shot. And when mom died, when I was 23, I was at a place I had just left coaching, just left care youth league. And I'd always told myself, I'm going to dive into officiating and work football, basketball, baseball, and see where it takes me. And I was told right away that officiating was not a full-time craft. Mm. And some they're like, they warned us. They're like, guys, this is not a full-time gig. Don't try to make it that way. But I was working three sports and I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. And after a year of officiating, I got the bug and kind of the itch to go to professional umpire school and talk with dad about it and ended up going to take my shot. I was doing something that I knew at 23 and into the first day when I started was 24. I was doing something that I knew more than likely I was not going to achieve. That's what inspires me so much about professional umpires and guys who go into the minor leagues every guy at that school knows deep down you're probably not going to make it to the major leagues but we did it anyway and so then i'm surrounded with guys like that and so it inspired me so when you talk to me about my 20s especially those four years in minor league baseball yeah i took a shot and and i was gone six months out of the year and then i'd come home and i'd have to referee high school games or you know in football and basketball and all these other odd jobs but I took a shot. I took my swing. Right? Mm-hmm. Did did you ever? You started at UPS. Now you're corporate in Newport. Did you have specific goals, or did you have big dreams that maybe you aspired to achieve one day? Well,
0: I think it was, I think it was when I reached 21. I I, I had a goal. I wanted to go into law enforcement. Um, so I I applied. I believe I believe uh, Bill Baumgartner was also applying for CHP at the time. And you know, he was like, "It's great. You know, you should give it a try." I was like, "Cool." So I did it. And, dude, uh, I—they it put you through, you know, physical tests. You know, you get—you got to do the written test, interviews. You get—you get get to background. You get through all that. And after like, after about a week, after they were doing the background check, they called me in again for another interview. And I just asked me a bunch of questions and I answered one completely wrong, but I told the truth because I figured maybe they would respect that (laughs) and they didn't, but, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and from then on, it was just, it was just like, you know, we're just, we can't hire you Mm -hmm. and, and try, try back again at the, at this time we can't hire you try back again in a few years. Yeah. And that, and and, and in all fairness, they want you to come back. They don't want to give it to you the first time. Yeah. So, they were expecting me to apply again. Cause, you know, like it it's just the way of the world. See how hungry you are. Yeah. And I, I get it. But at that point I was at that point I was just like, you know, I tried. I could have tried again. But odds of me getting it probably weren't that great <laughs> to at all. So I don't know. That was my that was like kind of like my one shot at doing something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then I just fell into corporate and I man. Been been working with the company for almost ten years now, and I do I love it? No, do they pay me?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, if I had to do it over again, uh, I probably would do baseball still. But I I would have, I, I think I would have pursued law enforcement because it's something my I, de- I definitely thought about at one point. I think. I would have gone to college, graduated and probably just gone right into law if I had to do it over again. And I don't think I would ever been some kind of SWAT commander or anything, but I think I would have found a place in law enforcement, much that team environment. And plus, you feel productive. You feel like you're protecting and serving and all that. Uh, That's why I have tremendous respect for police these days. I think you and I would have both fit into law enforcement well in some form, don't you think?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's and I would love being in law enforcement today. <laughs> I would absolutely love it. Most mean,
1: people are just like, no, it's, it's, aren't you glad you didn't? It's too dangerous. my God, like, I'd, I'd love. <laughs> I hang out with a lot of cops and uh, retired cops, and you know, it's a certain mentality. Sure, that job screws you up a little bit, and uh, a lot of them have divorces and all these things, but I don't know. I think it would have suited me well. And yes, there's some there's some danger. There's some fear. I would have had to be in much better shape, uh, for sure. But uh, that is one thing I wish I would have gone into. But here I am now. There, there's no regrets. You live your life, and you went into corporate, and and you made a good point there about uh, going into that and how it wasn't your dream job, but it was something that you kind of landed in. And did you when you started it? First of all, where did you start? Was it Be- Beckman Coulter? What exactly was your? You said you went into corporate, but what kind of was your path after not uh, going through with the CHP stuff?
0: So I was working at Beckman when I was doing when I was doing all the CHP.
1: And what is Beckman again?
0: Beckman. It's a medical and bio research company. Okay. If you're if you're in a doctor's office, just look around. You'll see the name Beckman Coulter somewhere. Um. So I was about a year. What was I about two? Almost two years into that and uh almost two years no it was actually about a year because i believe mom was still alive Mm -hmm. because she uh,
1: was working there she was working there
0: too that's where she had her heart attack
1: mom had retired had some time off and was like bored and went back to this company beckman coulter to be she was completely overqualified and they told her that but she said hey i just want a, a place to go work every day and that was so cool i thought of our mom to do that yeah she she just wanted to be busy. Yeah, so she was there, but
0: yeah. So it was about a year into Beckman, and then I got the itch to just start apply. So I applied, didn't work out, and I stayed with Beckman for. Damn, it was almost ten years, but five of that was being a temp. So five years of that, you don't miss work. No, no. and that's that's actually I don't I think it's state law where you for corporate anyways. I'm I'm not sure, but you can't be a temp that long anymore and that's why i was originally <laughs> let go from the job for for uh they uh the, the higher ups actually got got wind of it they were like why is it, this guy's a temp like why do we still have him <laughs> and i was just like well because we can't hire him on well then, okay just get rid of him and hire a new temp expendable you know and i was i was like okay thanks thanks for the vote of confidence <laughs> but luckily i had a uh, i had a manager on my side he was like hey we're we're actually we're implementing something here on site where we're going to bring another company in to run you know a mailroom a document center a fleet of printers help out with facilities and uh, i'm going to put your name in and they're going to contact you and that was a beckman that was a beckman uh, manager so they they always had my back but yeah i was unemployed for like about 3 months after that I wish, I wish I would have enjoyed it a little bit more, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you're so scared to death about like, I just need, I need to get back to work and I'm anti, I need to get back to work mm-hmm. and you know, just take, take a breath, mm-hmm. go do something for a month or two,
1: you know? Well, that's the thing. Like most people have been unemployed the, the, during this lockdown, you know, from like April till recently. And that's why we're kind of talking about uh, working and employment and everything because it's it's relative as people are trying to get back to work i mean there are jobs out there i went into an industry in fedex that is pretty much lockdown proof it's essential if you will and mm-hmm. uh you know we're out there doing quite a bit of work we're around other people and everything so i can't say that it's like this super non uh, social you know that you're just not socializing around other people because we are uh, but you've always been a guy sam that you're a paycheck guy. And I don't mean that like derogatorily. It's, it's a, it's a compliment. You, you've always been the guy like, I'm going to work. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do what I need. You hardly ever took days off. You were always a guy who was going to show up. You saved up your vacation. You shaved, saved up your sick days and you were just kind of a grinder. Now there were a few Mondays here and there that you said, "Eh, I'm not going in today, (laughs) but a few few hangovers (laughs) after Sunday football, whatever,
0: just coincidentally during football. season.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that was one thing I always appreciated about what I was doing. I was working a lot of nights. I was working afternoons. Um, I didn't have the luxury of really calling in sick. And you, you, you were assigned a game to work. You had to go work it. Um, but as far as like bosses and extra hours, you might be assigned extra games. I always looked at what I was doing like it was an employment. Because uh, after I got into minor league baseball, I started working college baseball. And I was still refereeing high school football. High school basketball, I was working at Fox Studios on the side, doing instant replay for the big, wh- I mean, all these little side jobs. I kind of did a bunch of side part-time jobs to piece <laughs> it all together instead of doing the, the uh, full-time thing like you were doing. So mm. after Beckman Coulter, what direction did you go from there after you were a, a temporary employee for five years? <laughs> so actually the,
0: uh, the Beckman manager came through and I got a call from Rico. Uh, from an old manager i can't remember her name escapes me right now but she was like hey we're gonna implement what we're gonna do at backman in a few months but why don't we get your feet wet somewhere else figure out how to do hold on i gotta say this the right way how to find the rico way the (laughs) the rico way it's a company (laughs) slogan it's annoying as shit but um so i was like we're gonna we're gonna throw you over at the la convention center and I kid you not, in the short amount of time I was there, I was miserable. I was I worked at basically like a Kinko's inside the the uh, L A. Convention Center, but it was Rico brand. So you know they wanted me to try, they wanted me to come in random days, even some Saturdays. They they uh, everything there was very pricey, so. In the two months that I in the two months that I worked at that location, I was miserable, mostly because of the drive. But I was called an extortionist by one customer. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, he was just. I don't know why. I was like, dude, you think I make the rules here? <laughs> Do I look like I make the rules? <laughs> and then just so happened to be Beckman called me up. Uh, they said, report report back to Brea next week. Um, And this was on a Monday, <laughs> but the last week, it almost like an exit fee from uh, the LA Convention Center, the Lakers happened to be in the playoffs. That's right. The Clippers right. happened to be in the playoffs. Yeah, the Kings and the X Games were going on in LA. It was like all the yeah. And you know how long it took me just to get on the one ten? uh, one hour and ten minutes.
1: Oh my goodness. I remember that Carmageddon thing. That was crazy. And But one benefit of working there, I remember I think we went to a Laker game or we went somewhere and you had – you had a pass that still worked to the convention oh, center yeah. for and we're like, You're like parking here. I'm like, What are you talking about? You pull you pull your card out. Don't and ask
0: questions. Man. Don't ask questions.
1: I, I know somebody. He used his card because you were no longer working there, weren't you?
0: No, but it still worked. The
1: card still worked at the convention center.
0: We got free and parking. It was, and it was right next to the staple site. You walked yeah about thirty feet and you were at the
1: front. <laughs> that was so awesome. And you were like, You love Sam. You love like the to put one over on someone. You're just like, Yeah, absolutely. To find a way to screw over the man basically you know so you were at rico and it was right around that time i don't know why i i had this i was craving this desperate craving to like find a regular job i was officiating football basically i worked like thursday through sunday that was my work week which was not always convenient And i was like you know what i gotta i gotta settle down i gotta start to find regular employment Mm -hmm. so you uh, being my brother you you put some uh, words in and you got me a job uh, basically out at Rico it was down in Tustin. Tustin which was quite a drive from Glendora and you told me yeah it's it's usually four days a week you do four tens sometimes they'll call you in sometimes you know I was like okay this sounds good it was 15 bucks an hour I went in there it was like 6 a.m to 5 p.m or something five hours then an hour lunch then another five hours. And it was just working on like copy machines, printers all day. And I remember put that in to also the drive, which took an hour and a half each way, maybe two hours coming home. And I was miserable. And after like two days, I was like, Sam, I can't do this. This is this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> And you were laughing because you're like, this is your first real job experience and you're going to just, you know, you got to just grind through it. Well, I didn't last... Uh, I finished the week, and they were actually going to move me to another. Uh, they basically another training. They were going to move me to another department or whatever. And I said, "Hey, I got new. You know, I got news for you. I got. I'm I'm moving on from this because I was a temp. Also, yeah. I was expendable. Uh, not expendable. Expendable. Yeah. What did I say earlier? Dispendable. Uh, <laughs> expendable. So I pretty much told him, "Hey, this isn't working out. I have some other things that I'm going to go do." And I went back to officiating foot because I was like, "All the hours you put in, you're not making." uh, hardly any money. Plus the drive. I was like, I can make more money than this officiating. So I went back to that life. And I remember, uh, you were a little bum that I did that cause you stuck your neck out for me. So I do apologize. I've apologized many times, uh, that you did that for me. And then I ended up quitting after one week.
0: Yeah. Whatever you piece of shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why I haven't asked you for a job since, uh, maybe just some leads here and there. Uh, but yeah, I felt bad. Uh, only a little bit.
0: No, I remember like I remember when when you said you wanted to quit and I I was like I was I was bummed and I was upset because I you know I did I did stick my neck out for you but I was smirking in the background because you knew it and I was just like okay he gets it now <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> because as an official I get all this time I I go hang out with the boys after working a game or something I'd always say hey even during the week hey Sam come hang out let's go to the bar let's go do this and you'd be like dude I gotta work in the morning I'm like oh okay so I started to get it, yeah. um, but it was like that was my little taste of regular full-time work, and I said, nope, 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 I'm going to keep officiating, <laughs> keep chasing this uh, side hustle. So uh, I kept doing that, got into my 30s, and I started to really feel a little bit more pressure, maybe not right at 30, but shortly after, and I was like, okay, I got to eventually get into something or start to give some things up, and I, that's when I started to give things up, although I did say – you know what? I'm going to go back and into this minor league baseball atmosphere in unaffiliated baseball where you're not, you no longer have a shot at the big leagues. You're just going to travel some more and everything. And so I went to the American Association for two summers. Again, got to travel more, make mm-hmm. some decent money. So I'm not chasing a dream anymore. I'm just kind of using crafts that I know and, and taking advantage of opportunities, but it still wasn't a regular full time job. It was just, Hey, this is a cool chance to travel. So, th- there is one thing I regret, Sam, and I think you agree with this, is that in all my years of traveling in minor league baseball, the 4 years in affiliated ball and then the 2 years I did in the American Association, is that I didn't have you come out or maybe you couldn't make it out. If you would have come out for a, th- a few days or even a week into some random city or a couple cities and states, I think we would have had a really good time and that's something I just I regret us not doing.
0: Yeah. I definitely regret that. Well, that had to do with two things. One, I'm a stingy motherfucker on my vacation. <laughs> Currently maxed out on sick and vacation. Thanks, big guy. But, and two, uh, I'll be honest. I, I was with a female at that point who didn't want to be taking trips. I don't well, want to go trips to see your brother.
1: Well, keep her home. I wish, but she had me do She had me... She had me whipped. I'll say that. <laughs> you're an honest man, at least. That's good to know. Yeah, I, you know, it would have been cool. Hey, come to uh, wherever, St. Paul, Minnesota. Come, yeah, you don't even have to watch all the games, but it's the after party that's fun. And and just seeing other places. Because you haven't been to, you've been on summer trips with Rio and everything, but when you're, you would have had a place to stay. You know what I'm saying? You would have, you no. take that expense out. I mean, you and I went to Dallas last year for the Rams-Cowboys game, and, and that was a three-day trip. We had a place to stay because of a buddy I know, and so thanks again, Blake, for that. Uh, but when you take that expense out, it's cool. You can almost do more stuff and have more fun. So it would have been a blast, and I, I regret it a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah, and then you uh,
1: – it, it just happened to work out when,
0: when me and my ex broke up, and I was going to actually be available to do stuff like that. You came home for good. Yeah, that was short. That was after your uh, you just decided to walk away from it. Yeah,
1: I was like, okay, I need a break. I need I need a breather. I, I moved out, and uh, I was just like, you know what? I got to start making some changes here. But it's hard because during, for instance, I came home college baseball. I didn't love it, but you know, I loved it. I sh- I shouldn't say that. And I don't love it, but it was good money. But it was only four months out of the year. And then the other months, I was working for Uber full time, Uber and Lyft, driving 10, 12 hours a day. Sure, you're just sitting in your car, but at the same time, it gets to be stressful. You spend a lot of money on gas. And I'm still in my early 30s, not really with a career in mind. And mm-hmm. so I started to feel some pressure. And, and it was, I met Valerie and her and I have been dating a few years, but it had nothing to do with her. I never felt pressure or anything from her, but just within myself. So yeah. that's just how I was uh, kind of as I transferred there and in, into my thirties and then worked some American association baseball and everything. But, um, let's talk Sam about you. So you went back to Beck Coulter, right? And then yeah. let, let's talk, uh, kind of about what happened after that. Mm-hmm. Well, Sam, we're just going to jump right into the second half here. I know I asked you about uh, after Beckman Coulter and everything, but a lot has changed since we took our little break. We are now in our full-fledged Halloween costumes. Yes, we're recording on Halloween. Nothing but good times. We have a fresh Samuel Adams in front of us, and uh, I think we're looking pretty good here. You're looking sharp as a Mario brother, your Mario brother hat, and your. Red shirt. You're looking solid, my friend, my brother. Wee. (laughs) Wee. And, uh, you know, people will see the pictures later, but man, I went full shaved head for this occasion, Sam. Full shaved head. Skin on skin. It feels very weird. It's carpet master drapes. (laughs) It's so bad. Oh, I hate you so much. Uh, Well, man, what a day. It's Saturday. We got the game behind us. Texas and Oklahoma State are in overtime. We're recording a podcast. Life can't get much better, huh? No, not at all, except I wouldn't be recording this podcast while we're in overtime. But It's selfish. I know, it's selfish, but uh, we got our, our Halloween party here. We're ready to go. We're ready to rock. Uh, Val's running around. She's a witch doctor. She's in all kinds of makeup, and we got some other guests coming here. Bill Barnes will actually be here, and so uh, there's some good stuff ahead for tonight. It's going to be a fun evening, but anyway, back to your job, and you're leaving Beckman Coulter. What was life like after that for you? Kind of what direction did you go?
0: I mean, like after uh, after I started
1: uh, on the new one, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in LA, mm-hmm. yeah. You were you were out there, then you moved along, and then kind of how did things go for you?
0: Well, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I had every intention of going back to Beckman because I I don't know, I just I really wanted to be there. I knew a lot of people, and but you know, I just the goal was to get back to Beckman, mm-hmm. and I did. I spent about two months or, I don't know, a month or two months in LA and swore that I'd never work in that city ever again. <laughs> That's a good idea. And then, uh, got back to Beckman where I proceeded to work another five years.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, how did you eventually end up? Cause you were a deco. Was that a God, a, a, deco. a version of Beckman Coulter or how did
0: it was their temp agency?
1: Oh, 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 okay. I yeah. got you. Interesting. I just, I just find it very interesting that, you know, we say in life we'll never do something. First of all, I, I thought of officiating. I was like, I always told myself I'll never umpire professional baseball. I can't imagine seeing a pitch at that level and that speed. I would be too scared. But then I did it. Uh, you know, FedEx. I, I thought about it years ago, and I was like, nah, that's not for me. But here I am doing it. So, was there any like any situations like that for you in your times uh, with Beckman or where you ended up now?
0: And it's been since. That's the thing. Like I stayed, I stayed at Beckman for a good ten years. That's why I was like invested in it. It was left over from, you know, when mom died. It's it was my first like real full time job technically, and yeah, that was a that was a hard place to sit to mm-hmm. let go of. But they were gonna <laughs> uh, the word of mouth was they were gonna let me go anyways. Wow. So I kind of just jumped ship and took a different job. Uh, working out in the field which was the most the most boring job you can possibly imagine people call me crazy because like you know i would do three (laughs) hours of work and get paid for eight but like you know you you could start your day in glendora and
1: end it in victorville
0: like so you're all over the place so i i don't i'd like to be i like to be moving
1: okay I, I like the idea of being gone all day that was kind of things one of the things i like doing for uber and lyft and it's not a career driving for uber and lyft i know some people are trying to make it a thing now uh but you know i liked not knowing where i was going to end up throughout the day that had to be kind of fun right rather than sitting in a cubicle
0: but, uh, to a point like you could end i could end a mile from the house from my house
1: mm-hmm.
0: or i could end 80 miles from my house which wow. It's never fun.
1: Yeah. No, because you got to get home eventually too. So crazy stuff. Um, if you had to sum it up, kind of your career path and where you're at now, I mean, do you you like where you're at right now in Newport Beach in this corporate level job? Is it something you ever saw yourself doing? I mean, is it kind of, are you kind of feeling good about landing there after all this time?
0: It, it's pandemic proof. Um, it's a uh, recession proof. It's, it's everything where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an investment company. It's a uh, next to fashion Island. And I will tell you right off the bat that I feel good. I feel good about being there. It's a big step for me. It's a company that actually, I'm actually working for Rico still, but it's also on the other end, it's a company that takes care of their vendors, takes care of their contractors, stuff like that. Mm-hmm but i work with the biggest pieces of shit in the world <laughs> the most stuck up biggest pieces of shit in the world but i'm nice
1: yeah because i get paid <laughs> i think we're all on better behavior when we're making money versus yeah. how we you know yeah it's just it's just how it is and so you can do do or say whatever you want to me as long as you're paying me the right amount of money <laughs> <laughs> oh that's kind of like dad how he sounded i mean there's something to be said with different work ethics, not work, work ethics, but different work situations. Some people, they don't go to work. They don't get paid. Other people, you have vacation and stuff built in. So, um, what, what kind of do you prefer? Are, are you happy with kind of the situation as far as your benefits and all those types of things? Or do you kind of, kind of wish you had a little bit more freedom at times?
0: No, I like structure.
1: Structure good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've always, I, I've. I've always been about that. I don't want to be scrambling. I want to know when I'm getting paid. I want to know how I need to budget and no, don't get me wrong. I could do it the other way. Mm-hmm. I just don't prefer it. Yeah,
1: no, it makes sense. I mean, I, I like structure too. That's one thing I can make a lot more money doing college baseball from February to May, but you know what? That's only four months right now. I'm making decent money, not great money, but I do like the structure. I, I do like going somewhere every day and just making it, Hey, let's do the, let's do the task at hand. I feel productive in the sense that we're putting out packages for, we're, we're doing something that people understand or, or people need because so many jobs you ask them, Hey, what do you do? Someone will tell you what they do and it'll be like, okay, I don't know what that means. Like you didn't paint a picture for me kind of a thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Kind of like my job.
1: Yeah. Your job. You've told me a million times people, Hey, what does Sam do? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. He's the Barney Stinson of uh corporate. I just do not know what he does. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a so bunch of money. He smokes on the beach. Uh, you know what? He, he's uh, doing great things. So, Sam, we're gonna kind of wrap it up here soon. Uh, just a little short podcast. We got to get back down to the party. The party does not start without you and I. You know that. No, never. At all times. I mean Halloween. But but real quick about Halloween. Halloween's kind of your favorite holiday, isn't it? Or do you have another one?
0: Halloween is my favorite because it's like I think you touched on it in one of your podcasts prior. It it's the start it's the it's the start of like it's the start of sports it's the start of the holiday season which i hate christmas but <laughs> still at least you get time off kickoff you
1: know, baby yeah you know
0: you, and everything's going on in october and then like halloween comes around and i'm a big like you know i'm a big like uh, horror and you know vampire fucking shit oh, like you that, lo- yeah you it, love all that stuff you know it's it's the best time of year and when you like when you see that especially when the time changes and then the the you get the air you get, you get the uh, that breeze in the air that fall breeze i put on the same cd every single year i will not tell you what that cd is because then matt's gonna trash my rap music but <laughs> but it's a it's every sin- it's just that feeling that i get i yeah. can't explain it
1: this episode will go out well into november at some point but we are recording on halloween uh, we are we're all dressed up and ready to go. So uh, some fun things ahead. But a couple questions for you. So Lakers win the title. Los Angeles Dodgers win the title. Uh, it's good things for LA here. What do you think? The, are the Rams next? They got they're off to a five and two start. What do you think?
0: It just shows you that LA needs a shortened season to win a title. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> NFL hasn't changed anything. Yeah. So I predict the Rams get. So Rams lose before the NFC championship.
1: I think that's fair. Yeah, I think they'll get in the dance this year. They're playing well, and uh, that new stadium looks awesome. I just wish we could get down to see it. Uh, Rams game tomorrow, Dolphins, Tua, Tua Tunga <laughs> and then the off week, then the bye week. So it uh, should be fun. Uh, we'll kind of uh, cap off our Halloween celebration with the Rams game tomorrow morning. Uh, but something else is happening this week, Sam. On Tuesday, the uh, presidential election. This will be out again after the results have kind of happened, but on October 31st, what are your predictions for the election in 2020?
0: I don't know, man, I'm wearing red right now. So you know where I stand, <laughs> but it's like in my head, I'm like, he's going to win. Trump's going to win by a landslide, but like, there's still like that too much uncertainty. I will say I'm not as scared as I was in
1: 2016.
0: Okay. Cause if, If Hillary Clinton was president, I might have killed myself.
1: (laughs) There's people who feel that way about Trump, which you know I'm like, okay, well go right ahead. But (laughs) you can, that's fine. Uh, It's just funny that uh, I'll say this. I told Bill this that I don't think Trump has lost nearly the amount of support from voters from 2016 as he has gained here in 2020. I think a lot more people are going to vote for him Mm -hmm. than did not in the previous election, uh, then he will have lost voters from 2016. So that's where I think like, okay, I think he gained some ground, but there is some support for Biden. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting Tuesday.
0: I will tell you that anybody just take a quick look at these last four years. Look at how much he's called a bully, but he's actually been bullied for four years. Oh, well, of course. And no one wants to take a look at that. Like, and, I just man, I don't understand it. I no. don't understand why you want to why you want to bash somebody who's actually doing a great job. I won't go into detail on that, but I'm not going to let Sleepy Joe be my president. <laughs> not my president. If you guys can say it in 2016, I'll say it now. Yeah, not,
1: not my Not well, my president. Yeah, well not my Lakers. I can say that. I could sit here and say not my Lakers cuz uh, LeBron is at the helm, but it's still cool to see a championship for LA in both basketball and baseball. Uh, I know most people don't care about the Rams uh, in in, uh, LA, but hey, you and I do. And it's always fun sitting around watching a game with you. We've missed a few this year, but uh, I know that for most of the games, it's you and I on the couch yelling at the TV and uh, just pulling for our Rams. So I really enjoy that. Sam, thanks for, for chatting with me about work environment Um, employment, your history and everything. I'm sure we'll be back and talk some more, but I like bringing you on. We got to try to make it like a monthly thing, I think, to have my brother Sam Hershima on the podcast. Yeah, if I can control my language, I might get the better audience, but we'll we'll see. (laughs) No promises. Well, uh, you are dressed as uh, Mario from Mario Brothers, but you, Sam, are uh, one of the Hershima brothers. You and I, you know what? We should do that one year, even though you're in the Mario Brothers suit this year. We should be... The Mario brothers, Luigi and Mario. I think that would be a pretty funny costume.
0: Well, you'd have to be Mario because you're the oldest. i will be <laughs> Luigi, the sexy younger one.
1: <laughs> well, you're taller than I am. You're taller, so so that would matter, yeah. of course. Uh, well, Sam, a couple minutes here. Anything else you'd like to say uh, before we kind of head down and join the Halloween party? I think it's going to be a fun night. I'm glad we're doing this now and not after the fact. Yeah. Could, could be a rough day tomorrow.
0: Yeah, of course. But we get that extra hour.
1: Is it tonight? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is breaking news. I didn't know. Yeah. We get an extra night. Well, oh, I have to sure. watch the Rams till 11. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote. Don't me. tease me, Sam.
0: Daylight savings. I don't know. Let's find out. That would be weird if it's on Halloween.
1: It's usually like the second week in November, isn't it? I know that it would. Oh, it is. Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: I'm going to have at least three more drinks. Tonight. Oh,
1: three more. Yeah. Before the sun goes down. Uh, well, I know it's a rather quick podcast. Most of ours go an hour. This is just shy of 45 minutes, but you know what? That's fine too. Sometimes you just got to get in, get out and, uh, handle business.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, in closing for myself, um, the moral of the story is, or the message of the story is stop complaining. Work harder. Nobody cares work harder. Nobody cares work harder. Yeah, we heard and,
1: the Colin Cowherd, right? I yeah, think. And um, what's his name? Baltimore Ravens. Ray Lewis? Oh, no, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah I do like that. Lamar Jackson did oh, say okay, that. I, it, it, oh, he's, he's he's very good. I worry about him running all the time, as you know how I feel about running quarterbacks. But he's exciting, and, and he's going to be uh, there for a long time. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Work harder. No one cares about – you're, uh, all the things you have to go through. Everyone has something to go through. You know, all this, everyone's got a, sto- a story or a reason to be like, Oh, my life's harder than yours. Well, fix it. Do something about it. I'm go sorry. to work. Well, well you're privileged so yeah. I am privileged. I'm very yeah. privileged. But, you know what I'm privileged? I'm privileged to call you my
0: brother. How's that? All right. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right, that makes one of us All
1: right, man. let's go Anyways. throw up and uh, and have some drinks Sam, thank you for being here And I'm not talking to you, Sam Hurston I'm talking to you, Samuel Adams The best Sam that I
0: well, know No one ever made a beer after Matt <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, rest in peace, Sean Connery
1: Sean Connery, yes sir Welcome to The Rock We'll see you on the other side Later Later Thanks again, Sam Hersama, for coming on the program. I know we were a little bit rushed on Halloween night, but we got it in right before our big Halloween party. And I appreciate you talking about your career, your different jobs you've had, kind of where you get your work ethic from. And I think it or hopefully it, it did motivate a lot of people out there who are looking Uh, in in new careers, looking at a new career path and new jobs and just taking whatever they can get uh, these days just because it's such a dark time. It's so hard for a lot of people who are struggling financially, especially out here in California. So I appreciate it, Sam. I look forward to talking to you again in a couple of months. Uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about. You know, Things keep coming up and uh, we'll we'll always have uh, plenty to discuss here when we have you on. We're going to try to get you on uh, monthly, every two months, whatever the case is. But thanks again, Sam. Guys, that will wrap up this week's uh, shows, this, this week of shows, I should say. Uh, it's been a crazy week, uh, regardless of who you voted for. This is a crazy, crazy time. I can't say it enough. 2020 continues to deliver punches. Uh, no knockout blows yet, but just a bunch of jabs and power punches uh, thrown our way that I think we can take, guys. America can take it if we stay strong. I don't know how united we'll ever be, but uh, we're doing our best, I think, to to get up off the canvas and to continue to fight and i think fighting is just a a really relative term that we need these days and so uh if you've listened to this podcast today in the morning friday morning i appreciate you tuning in we may or may not know what the presidential situation is later today so i didn't want to talk too much I, i i said what i could on it but as far as speculation and this and that uh, we may even know more Thursday night uh, when you know I'm I'm done recording all this and, and before I put everything out or after I put everything out I should say because uh, this uh, mostly is recorded uh, late Thursday. But anyway, uh, appreciate all you guys listening. The listenership is is starting to get real consistent. Like we're getting good listens on every episode, uh, some a lot higher than others, but the steady increase of kind of what our listenership is at is pretty awesome. So I appreciate that. Appreciate the support. Uh, it's been so much fun and guys, we'll be back next week for more shows uh, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, of course uh, with our podcast Monday will be a sports recap from the weekend uh, with probably just me, but maybe I'll sneak someone in to give a few thoughts on uh Uh, some football games or stuff like that. That should just be me. That's probably a shorter show, as you guys have uh, seen. Wednesday will be pretty long, I'm assuming, with Bill Barnes as we sort out this uh, election mess. It was a lot of fun with him on election night. Uh, as we did a conversation in our first Facebook live video. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, then uh, please do so. I do apologize for my computer. It is rather old. And so the video is pretty bad on that thing, but we're a work in progress. You know, when we first started this podcast, the microphone's pretty bad as well, but we've upgraded and we will upgrade down the road as soon as I get in some more uh, hours here at FedEx and and uh, save up some money anyway bill barnes on the weekly wednesday weigh-in uh wouldn't have it any other way if you have questions for him be sure to send those in by tuesday at some point tuesday morning preferably uh any questions regarding anything any topics you'd like us to discuss uh that's always fun friday we'll have a guest i'm still working on a few there's a few people who have said they would record but uh they're it's tough finding time to record uh with their busy schedule so i'm trying to piece together a few things uh if you're interested in recording again or for the first time let me know and we can throw something together but for now our guest list on Fridays is a work in progress and something I am trying to uh, piece together day by day so that we can put out a good interview uh, for you guys on Fridays as well as our brief segment we do on Fridays, Suds with Studs hope you guys enjoyed today's and uh, not just the episode but our Suds with Studs segment Uh, just always fun Recording uh, episode for Fridays to get us around third and home safe for the weekend guys. There's plenty of ways to follow the get home safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is get home safe pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is get home safe podcast. And our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo.com. Send in those questions, comments, concerns, uh, whatever you want, whatever you want. Send them in. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, additionally, there is a, some links in the episode notes if you click on those you can leave a voice message if you like and there's some other links for some information regarding this podcast so guys we're going to take a few days off I'm going to try my best to do an interview or two over the weekend Saturday or Sunday try to piece a few together so that we have a library if you will so we're ready to go for our Fridays Uh, but it's been hard it's been hard and so uh, I'm going to do my best though I promise you guys that Hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay calm, stay safe, stay sane out there. I know it's wild, but it's 2020. Honestly, guys, what else did you expect? Guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or rounding third base, get home safe.